Lane Frame was 12 years old when he saw the Great Lakes for the first time. Do you remember his reaction once he saw Lake Michigan? Very excited. That's Joy Frame, Lane's aunt. He jumped out of the car and they were screaming and running toward the, and I was running behind them with my camera taking pictures because I wanted to see their excitement. It was September 21st, 2020. Lane was in Michigan on a family vacation. They drove up from Tennessee and stopped in Frankfurt, a small Lake Michigan beach community. Jewel Frame II, Lane's uncle and Joy's husband, thought the lake was the ocean. Our lakes around here is like, I mean, you can swim across them if you're a good swimmer. I mean, they ain't got no waves and, and stuff like that. that. That up there, that Lake Michigan, it breaks, it breaks waves like an ocean, you know, and it's, it's amazing, really. The late September day was a little windy, but the sun was out, the skies were blue, and temps were in the 60s. The water was wavy and a bit chilly for a swim, but there were a few people parasailing. From the parking lot, Lane and his siblings cut across the beach and ran towards the pier. So we wanted them to, you know, have fun, and, and that was really why we ended up on that pier. In some ways, this pier defines Frankfurt. It's a giant concrete walkway that extends out in Lake Michigan. At the end of it, there's this beautiful white lighthouse. Every year, locals and tourists flock to it by the thousands, and so did the Frame family. 12-year-old Lane was out in front with his three younger brothers. Shonda Frame Reedy, another aunt, was also with them. Coming up behind them was Jewel and his wife Joy, who were starting to feel uneasy about going any further. The water was starting to break up high over the pier and, and uh, it was getting slick. And uh, I hollered at my sister Shonda to come back and she wouldn't listen to us. That's because they were on a mission. The boys and their aunt wanted to take a picture by the lighthouse. So they pressed on. That's when Jewel called his sister. She answered the phone and I said, Sean, it's getting too dangerous. Y'all just come on back. She said, oh, I got it. I can swim. I said, just come back and let's talk about it anyways. She said, I'm just going to carry them on to the lighthouse and we'll be right back. And I said, Sean, you better be careful. She said, oh, I can swim. It's okay. The boys knew how to swim, too. Just moments later, a big wave hit the edge of the pier and crashed into Shonda and the four young boys. And we heard some awful screams you've heard in your life. I mean, man, it was it was terrible. And I looked, and it was like a fog over it, even though it was a pretty day. I guess it was the mist of the water, but it was like a fog. And I said, Jewel, I don't see the kids. I don't see Shonda. I knew in my heart that it was bad, that something was wrong. This is Points North, a podcast about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Great Lakes. I'm Dan Wanshura. Unfortunately, it's not uncommon for people to get washed off piers into the Great Lakes. There are 135 federal harbors. Most of them have a breakwater, or what's commonly called a pier or jetty. And lots of people go out on these structures when they shouldn't. So can something be done about it? That's coming up right after this. 
Points North is brought to you in part by Cherry Republic, celebrating northern Michigan's tart cherries with products like jams, barbecue sauces, chocolate-covered cherries, and more. Online at cherryrepublic.com. And Aspire North Realtors, bringing real estate professionals together, supporting their involvement in the community, and advocating for the industry in a sustainable way. Online at AspireNorthRealtors.com. They'd been swept off the Frankfurt Pier and into Lake Michigan. Shonda Frame Reedy and two of her nephews, Cody and Lane. The other two boys clung to a big post and stayed out of the water. In the lake, Shonda was able to reach Cody and push him towards the pier. He grabbed onto a giant chain and pulled himself out. Next thing I know, I could see Cody running towards us screaming, and I said, oh, God, something's wrong. He said, Elaine and Shonda's in the water. They're in the water. Jewel Frame II took off running up the pier. On the way, he grabbed a life preserver hanging from a pole. When he finally saw his sister, Shonda, she was floating on her back, about six inches under the water. And I threw that life preserver at her and told her, I said, grab a life preserver, grab a life preserver. But she was laying there life with herself. Jewel quickly reeled it back and threw it a second time. But again, not close enough. And I said, I'm going to have to go in after her. She ain't, she ain't responded and, and just happened. Thank God. I threw it about the third time and I hooked her hand. And, and when I hooked her hand, I said, hold on to it, hold on to it. And she barely gripped the life preserver. And, and I started pulling her in. Joey started helping me, and she started sleeping. I said, slow down, don't, don't, don't pull it hard. She, I said, she, she'll let go of it. And I, we eased her in. By that time, one of the parasailers noticed what was happening. So he came over and helped Jewel lift Shonda onto the pier and started mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. But Lane was nowhere in sight. I run back and forth up and down the pier trying to look for Lane, and I couldn't never, I didn't never see Lane, so. Rescue boats came, so did a U.S. Coast Guard helicopter. But after almost 10 hours of looking for Lane, The search had to be called off because the lake was just too rough. The following day, the lake was still too rough. Again, crews were unable to go out and look for Lane. Here's his aunt, Joy, again. It didn't feel real. I mean, when you slept and woke up, it was like, oh my gosh, this is real. This is the real deal here. And then you go to sleep wondering if he's out there, if he's cold, if he's hung up under the pier and maybe got a little breathing hole. You know, you want to think he's still alive. Lane Frame was not alive, though. The day of his accident, he was wearing a big, oversized hoodie. Once it got wet, he really didn't have a chance. According to the Frame family, the coroner said once Lane went under, he never came back up for air. His body was pulled from the water two days after he was swept off the pier. It was awful, and it, it took a toll on me and my family and all everybody. It took a toll on everybody. Every year, dozens of people drown in the Great Lakes. Pinpointing the exact number is nearly impossible, but according to a Great Lakes water safety group, there have been over 1,200 Great Lakes drownings since 2010. 
and people getting swept off a pier contributes to those numbers. For the Frame family, what was supposed to be a dream vacation turned into a nightmare. Jewel says Lane and the other boys had never been on a vacation before. Their mom left them when they were babies, and their dad was in and out of jail. They spent most of their time at their grandma's house, but it was an entire family effort raising them. You know, we was just trying to give them something that they could remember, you know, something that they could, that we had a party in, so. Deep down, Jewel knew the pier was dangerous that day. That's why he called his sister, Shonda. But he still wishes it had just been closed off. Chain across there as you're entering, especially when it starts to get into the rougher part of it. They need to have something warning. Do not pass this point without, you know, supervision, without anybody, you know, something just to at least slow them down, make them think before they walk, walk on there, you know. There's something that does just that on the pier in Ludington, Michigan. It's a gate, about four feet tall. I believe this is our fourth season that we've had the gate out. Joe Stickney is the superintendent of public works in Ludington. And much like Frankfurt, this pier is extremely popular. But the gate can restrict access to it. When it's closed, a sign indicates that people who go past it could get fined. It all started uh, back when Lake Michigan was real high and we were having problems with waves coming over the break wall. We had several people get washed off the pier and we did have uh, some people drowned in the area. And have you seen people skirt around the, the gate? Oh yeah, yeah it, it happens and like I said we're not physically going to block people completely off. It's, it would be almost impossible to do so it's more of a suggestion or a reference just to say you know we know that we have high seas today, the water's bad, it's crashing over. Please don't go out there. If you do, there may be consequences. So why didn't Frankfurt have a gate? Well, the community has had a couple of them in the past, but fall storms and winter ice are pretty hard on gates. And at some point, the decision was made not to replace them. You know, what we determined through the years is that the gate wasn't going to stop anybody from going out there. That's Joshua Mills, city superintendent of Frankfurt. He grew up here. And he says gates don't stop the people who have their minds made up. As a kid, I did it. You know, I, I, I went around it and I, I saw people go around it. After Lane's death, Frankfurt did install a warning light system that's connected directly to National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration data. A green light means it's safe to swim and go on the pier, while a yellow light indicates caution. A red light means stay off the pier and out of the water. It's, it's amazing, though, when, when we're in full force, you know, full red light, pure light. Um, it's evident that there's waves crashing. The, the, uh, you know, people still want to try to get close to it. The Frankfurt Pier is owned by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Lots of piers on the Great Lakes are. They are an attraction for the public, for sightseers and fishermen and, and just, you know, recreational use. Although they are not intended for that, they are used for that. Chris Schropp is with the Army Corps. He says these piers were built for navigational purposes only. 
basically to give safe passage for commercial and recreational ships and boats. The Corps of Engineers is not a safety enforcement agency, so we can't prevent people from going out. But after Lane Frame died, the Detroit District of the Army Corps put up signs on all its piers, warning people about the danger of walking on them. And after a drowning accident in 2000, the Corps helped get life rings on the Frankfurt Pier. One of those life rings likely saved Shonda Frame Reedy's life 20 years later. But gates? They're a little more complicated. In Wisconsin, you can't block pier access because of the state's public trust doctrine. It protects residents' ability to recreate, including fishing from those piers. Another barrier for gates? Liability concerns. Here's Chris Schropp from the Army Corps again. If you know you have a gate that's meant to be closed during adverse weather, and for some reason it was not closed and someone goes out, they, they kind of open themselves up to maybe a lawsuit. So I think that a lot of times people shy away from from that. But more recently, there are a handful of communities, mostly in Michigan, which think gates are worth the risk. And Schropp says that's been a bit of a 180. Frankfurt is open to bringing gates back eventually. That's what City Superintendent Joshua Mills says. I do feel that if we uh, put something maybe midway out, it would certainly benefit those folks that that just feel that temptation, that it can't overcome the, the temptation, so to speak. Whatever the safety features are, Mills says in the end, it does all come down to a certain level of personal responsibility. I think government has to play a very significant role in warning the public and, and providing guidance to the public. But uh, there is a certain amount of personal responsibility that has to come into play with this because, you know, like everything in life, there is a risk to a certain degree. You know, I think we try to create an environment that minimizes that. But at the end of the day, you know, we crossing the crosswalk, you know, uh, you are expecting that that car is going to stop. You have signage, you have paint markings that clearly indicate that's a crosswalk. That doesn't mean that cars stop. Right after Lane Frame died, his uncle Jewel spiraled out of control. He was mad at God. Matter of fact, I got two DUIs over it. I, I, I never drank my life, and I was trying to find some some way out. It didn't help that Lane's dad, who was in jail, pinned the accident on him. He kind of blamed me a little bit and blamed Shonda a little bit, and I guess he was bitter a little bit. But I mean, he never been in their life that much and, and he wasn't able to be there then. He can't blame nobody when they're trying to do something for them that their daddy should have been the one doing it for them. But now, about three years later, Jewel is more at peace with what happened to Lane and he doesn't blame anyone. It's the Lord's will, whatever happens, good or bad. You know, so I believe it was... It was just Lane's time, and, and you know, we ain't, none of us got an expiration date on the bottom of our foot telling us when it's time. And and it took me a long time to, to, to realize that, that, you know, it's just meant to be.
In Frankfurt, before you reach the pier, there's a sign remembering another boy who was swept into the lake and drowned. His name was Caleb Sutter, and he died 23 years ago. The sign is an emotional barrier of sorts, just like this story is. A reminder that these sorts of tragedies keep happening. That episode was produced by me, Dan Wanshura. Morgan Springer was the editor. Additional editing from Ellie Katz and Michael Livingston. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Fonda and Randy Hatmaker, Chris Reuters, and Marie Strum from the Detroit District of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers for help with this episode. If you enjoy Points North, do us a favor and give us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, share us with a friend this week. Before I go, I want to tell you about a PBS show, Great Lakes Now. They have a new episode coming out in a few days. They visit Isle Royale National Park to learn how wolves and moose shape the remote island ecosystem. And then they see what goes into piloting freighters passing through the Great Lakes. You can learn more at greatlakesnow.org. All right, that does it for this time. Points North is a production of Interlochen Public Radio.